0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is Joshua Peach, your host, and I am excited as always to be here with you. Episode 75, keeping it local, 3,000 miles away. I got to tell you, first and foremost, Eastern Massachusetts has got this uh, street, it's Bay Road, and it runs uh, the full length of the town. And on one side of the road is Cranberry bogs, and on the other side of the road is a street known as Cranberry Lane. And I think I've had just about every kid growing up. I've had uh, Marissa Boydy, I had Mark Lamb, and today I have Alyssa Evans. And uh, I, I think we're running out of Cranberry Lane, folks, but they put out some good stocks, some great people doing some awesome things. Uh, Today we're going to dig into something that I think a lot of people have no idea what they can or can't do regarding financial aid for K-12 schools and Alyssa is an absolute expert in it uh, with her with her company Uh, that I'm going to let her dig into you and let you guys know what that is. So Alyssa first and foremost welcome to the podcast your first ever podcast.
0: This is my first ever podcast. Yes. I uh, I think we're so good from Cranberry Lane because there was a lot of like ocean spray chemicals that went across every summer. it <laughs> so was just like we got extra stuff, maybe yeah. like Spidey DNA just been pushed into us.
1: Yeah. No, you guys are uh, like I say, I don't know I don't know who's left. So uh, I might have to start moving over to Dean Street. I don't know. It's <laughs> so, Yes, yes. Uh, you know. It's it's funny, I, you know, I have a lot of people that tell me, you know, that they want to hear more of the story, and it's always great when I can, you know, for the last four months, like most, if not all of my guests are people that I have a long history with, knowing you since, you know, growing up, um, and you moved to California, you got married to another local, Easton, someone I played hockey with growing up, Ryan, Ryan Evans, um, way unprofessional, JV hockey, going to the early 90s, uh, he, he was always much better than I could ever have been, so, uh But um, you guys moved to California. You actually, the front, the backstory with you was we actually connected somewhere in like the 2012 or 2013. I think you were working for NAIS, which is an independent school uh, association. So you've, you've been working with private schools primarily for 10 plus years.
0: Yeah, yeah. I started in higher ed, which is what got me to California. I worked for a student loan company out of Boston, and they wanted me to cover the West Coast. And so then I moved to California in 2002. And then I spent the last 10 years in higher ed financially, in low in K-12 financially, which is very different, but um, along the same vein. But I felt much better about it because I feel like in K-12, if you don't... Um, you know, the fundamentals in going to Eastern public schools, I didn't realize how much that was a huge value and a sacrifice for our parents to move to an area that was you know more expensive than the city or different areas. Um, where you get that really lower education changes the trajectory of children's lives. When you go off to college is you know you get a choice in a lot of that. I mean not everybody gets a choice, but you get more choice and a lot of kids don't get a choice in where they go to lower school or elementary so, um, I felt really empowered to say that I play a very, very minor, tiny role in changing the trajectory of these kids' lives. You could go to, you know, Compton High School or you could go to Harvard-Westlake, you know, I mean, it just, but access is where it, it lies, and, um, and I really felt like I had access to the best education as a child, and I want to make sure that other kids have that same ability to be able to go where they want to go, um, where they're mission-appropriate kids, and then have, um, have us help them pay for it and get them there.
1: And so you've been helping them pay for it, your company. Um, tell us a little bit about your company, the background and what you do, what are some of the coverings you do? And then we'll talk about exactly what, what financial aid is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yep. So, um, I started in 2018 with a a company called mission enrollment I started and, um, essentially what I did, I worked for nonprofits, almost my entire adult life I've worked for nonprofit organizations Uh, and working at NAIS, which was the National Association of Independent Schools, my job was to help train schools on how to review financial aid applications. They're really complicated. We're looking at people's tax returns and and essentially trying to dictate how much we think you can afford, which just seems so ridiculous. Like, I'm going to tell you how much of your money you should contribute to your kid's education because there's so many different value levels. Like, if you value education above, say, Starbucks every week, or you know, whatever your value system is, very different. So it's very much a mathematical equation, um, and so I would train the schools on how to do this work in a in a in a platform, mathematical platform, and then they would say, "That's awesome, super helpful, thank you." Can you just do it for me? Because this is a big pain in the, bat, in the butt, and I don't really quite understand business taxes and stuff. So in 2018, I thought, you know what, this is crazy. I i been trying to get schools to do all this work but I love doing this. I love looking at the folders. I love reading the stories of who people are because every one of these applications is a human, a little human
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: the schools get so busy with the 60, you know, independent schools are like every nonprofit. Everybody does 65,000 jobs, including parking lot duty. Right. So I was solely dedicated to sitting in my office and reviewing financial aid folders. And I could give it the time to really come up with the right numbers for families. And so I broke out in 2018 um, on my own to, um, to work with schools directly. So I started with seven schools across the United States, and now I work with about 35 schools um, across the country. And my, um, I still found that the training was then missing because schools that couldn't work with me and have essentially they outsource financial aid to my company. I have a small team. And if they couldn't afford to use my company and they still needed to learn how to do this because it's complicated, um, I started Practical and Tactical, which is my training arm. And so I use that to do online courses for financial aid directors or admissions directors. And we do a financial aid conference and everything to get financial aid people or people have to do financial aid aware of how taxes operate, what's the best way to offer financial aid, like this net tuition revenue modeling saying, we know there are definitely more needy kids than we have ever had in the past that want to go to independent schools. How do we remain sustainable as a school? Because we still have to pay all the bills, but also serve our mission um, of, of access for children that can't afford it, but are amazing kids that we want to have in our independent schools. How do we balance that? And so I do a lot of seminars on how to balance net tuition revenue and all that stuff. So I now have about 35 schools, and then I have um, I do all this training. So one of the things I have found with the pandemic is that um, independent schools, because they've got more bandwidth, they're they're much smaller. They can act; they're independent of the public school and federal. As many, not as many federal um, standards on them. They are able to act quickly when it says, "Hey, if we require these five things for you to do to be COVID safe, they can make those." very quick adjustments and so they had started in the last couple of months saying we're getting admissions applications from people everywhere saying i i my public school i don't know if they're going to be ready i don't know if i feel safe Mm -hmm. um can we go and then but we never thought about independent school i didn't plan for it so i can't really afford it so how do we make it all work so i started building trainings for parents I, i do trainings for parents um you know from time to time, but." The most most of the time I'm just on the reverse side looking at their application saying, Oh, please don't tell me this. That was not a, don't tell me that you still need to take a European vacation and that's really <laughs> important, but you want financial aid. And so there were things I thought, gosh, if I could just talk to this parent and say, if you just shared your story in a slightly different way, mm-hmm. this would have been a little bit more compelling. Um, or here's how you present your information in a way that makes sense. And the schools understand that you need help and, but you have, you know, you have to pay, everybody's got to pay something, right? Cause there's a mm-hmm. cost. Um, so I started doing more parent trainings and a lot of my trainings, I would work kind of through the schools for their existing mm-hmm. population. But when we started talking, I'm thinking there are just, public school and just general population, like the independent school, while it's all my world, it's all I do all day, every day. um, It's a tiny, tiny piece of the K through 12 education system. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, um, I don't think there's a lot of good information out there on, even if I wanted to send my kid to a Montessori school, which I love, or um, I know that I used to remember as a kid, Oh, I know that like the rich kids got to go to um, you know, all the bish, the 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 they, Zavarians, yeah. the this that, yeah. yeah, like I knew that they existed, I just knew that we couldn't go because mm-hmm. either I wasn't smart enough or I didn't have the money. Like, that's where rich people go, and that's not true. A lot independent schools, like, one of their big pillars of, of being is being very much global, raising global citizens and um, and supporting families, but it they do a terrible job marketing the fact that they do have financial aid available to them, uh, to right. give to families. So they just, it's, it's one of those things I want to do as much as I can now more than ever under my, my, you know, I have training, you know, capabilities, let me just give people everything they need to know to be able to do this. If they, even if for a year you want to send your kid during crazy COVID to an independent school, um, you know, how can you do that without breaking the bank? And maybe then you'll fall in love with Montessori or you'll fall in love with a Waldorf school or whatever it may be and then it might be something that you long game and you say yeah i really actually do want this for my child um, and their education in the, in the next you know 5 to 8 years
1: yeah i i filled the uh the not smart enough so we didn't need to worry about the money issue cuz my parents couldn't bought <laughs> my way into anything that remo- remotely I'm, resembles. i I'm
0: sure i would have made it either yeah yeah <laughs>
1: um but no you know now you know coming up on 30 years and a few that i've graduated from high school um have I've learned a lot and i've seen a lot and and you know the reason, the big reason why I wanted to have you on, I wanted to have you on before all this COVID stuff to talk about things like financial aid and private schools and everything. Cause it's, there's, tw- there's something like 27,000 independent private categorized schools in the country. Most people don't know that. And they go from everything from a small country day school to a large, like out here, Milton Academy, which is a prestigious yes. boarding, uh, boarding school. It's almost $60,000 a year, but they have tons of opportunity for people to explore financial aid options, or uh, if your your child is truly gifted, they have, you know, even discounted uh, scholarship programs. So, you know, this whole COVID thing hit, uh, you know, March 16th, schools are closed, you're in California, you guys are like the first ones that just like said, like, everything's off, like, we are yeah. shutting it all down. We went down. on
0: summer break, March. My birthday's in March, right after my birthday, March fourth, fifth-ish. We went on summer break. My, I have two kids. I have a five-year-old daughter and an eight-year-old son. So Aiden and Delaney go on to some, you know, spring break, and we're like, "Awesome, this is good." And then we never went back. Yeah. And it was horrible for every parent. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So you know, but it, and that was a, and I tell people all the time in education, I'm like, you guys need to celebrate a little bit because you know, if your superintendent or head of school came to you on January first and said, "Hey," we're in a great economic time. Uh, you know, we're, we're very low unemployment rates, you know, the country's doing great, they, you know, we're bringing jobs back, we're doing all this stuff. I mean, we're, we're just running on all cylinders and that's great. This is January 1st, 2020. And then they said, but on March 16th, we're going to throw a little button hook at you. We're shut everything down. You're going to have to do something you've never done before, which is called distance learning. You're going to have to do it for kids, you know, young kids, old kids, all kids, We're going to lock you in your house with your family that may or may not like you forever. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to perform at your top level to ensure that these kids get everything that they want. Now, granted, it wasn't flawless. It wasn't It wasn't like a flawless execution, but our educators and our education system really stepped up and they did the best possible job that they could. And they did fantastic. Um, That said, we're now four months smarter, four months more into this thing. There's a whole bunch of, Realizations between, you know, in in-person learning, hybrid learning, distance learning, more advancements with the capability of distance learning, and parents are worried. Parents that have kids in public schools are worried, and um, and private schools too. Um, but yeah, the public absolutely. public school parents are they're they're going crazy. They're like they're on all of the the the, the um, social media, and they're talking about all these different options and ideas with no experience. So, you know, they're like, I don't, I I don't know what I want to do, but I don't want my kid going to public school and I don't want them distance learning. And I don't want, and and that's your right. And that's what you say, like, you know, figure it out. You know, I don't know what, I never knew what financial aid was. I went to community college. It was like thousand bucks, thousand bucks a semester. And, um, you know, I never understood what financial aid was. I never knew who had to qualify for it, how much you have to pay back of it, how that all works. So You know, I guess let's start off with what exactly is financial aid?
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll even take it one step back further, Mm because I will say to people, um, I work with independent schools. They're like, oh, you mean like charter? I'm like, no, not. In fact, not at all. Like opposite of that. It's not charter at all. So just when we, because you and I, because this is our world, Mm -hmm. we talk about independent Mm -hmm. schools. I think it's just an assumption of what that means. So you have independent schools and you have private schools and they are actually sort of distinctly different. So as Mm -hmm. parents, like we're talking about if they're thinking about non-public meaning you have to pay tuition to send your kid to school. Mm -hmm. um, there are two kind of major groups you're looking at. The independent schools are completely independent of any third party organization. So all of the funding, all of the governance, all is contained within that school. A private school is usually connected to a third party that has some oversight and, or has some of the, it shares some of the expenses. So a Catholic school is funded in some ways by the Catholic school, the Catholic church they're affiliated with. Mm-hmm. They either are giving free rent or lower rent cause they're on the same campus. So you'll notice if you ever look at, as you're going to start, cause the first thing I'm going to say to you is forget the cost of the school. You need to find the right fit for your kid. And even if it's short term, just trying to fit, finding a fit, if your thought is, well, private school equals faith-based or Catholic or Jewish or whatever it might be, um, and not knowing what the, is independent school another religious school or is it something totally different? So it's simply how they're organized, like their government organizing. So mm-hmm. the, in, the private school's affiliation to the church lends themselves to have a lowered tuition. So if you are concerned about the cost of tuition, um, you're going to get great education and you know, do your research and find the right fit for you guys. But the, when you look at the cost, you are always generally going to see that an independent school, which is, you know, kind of one for all and all for one, the, the funding, everything comes directly from the organization. There's no third party oversight, which gives themselves more ability to um, have different types of class styles. They can do whatever they, not whatever they want. they still have to follow the rules of like childcare, right? Mm-hmm. But they have yeah. way more flexibility. So um, they're a little bit more expensive than your faith-based schools. Um, Because the faith-based schools do have have additional governance that happens with them. So those are the two types of kind of non-public schools that we talk about. And then they break off into these different subsets. So in an independent school, you have, you know, like the college prep one, like a Milton would be like sort of a college prep type school, right? They're trying to get you ready for college or a boarding school. And some boarding schools have even day school components, where there are people that just live locally that go to the school at, uh, during the day, but don't stay there um, and board there. And then you have Montessori schools and Waldorf schools. So I would say the first thing you do, as you're in this panic mode about what am I going to do about my kids' education, first thing you want to do is say, like, what do I? What kind of education style do I like? What am I? What do I find interesting? And do some research on those different types of. I don't want to say pedagogy because that's such a fancy term, but just what type of what's good for your kid or what's learning style would be good for your kid. And then start looking at the schools and we'll talk. And then we can talk through financially, but I think that's, that's one of those. things
1: That's going to put them in shell shock is the learning style, because if they've that's been right. in public school for any period of time, I think one of the, you know, the, the, the two, the two kind of groups of people are the real young kids, the parents that have really young kids. And then the parents that have kids in high school. Because the kids in high school, they want them to finish out their high school career, hopefully in person. And there's a higher likelihood. Lots of the private schools are already like, hey, we're going back to school in August so that we yeah. can be in person. Like, they're doing everything yeah. to be in person. Their smaller to, they're smaller enrollment sizes allows them to fit accordingly for, for, for distance learning even yeah. before COVID. Um, yeah. And then the younger kids, the parents are just like, my kids can't look at a tablet for four hours a day or a computer. So those are the two kind of groups. And both of those groups are going to struggle with learning, looking at different learning styles. Like Montessori, yeah. is, Montessori is completely different from public learning. Um, yeah. a, re, a religious uh, private school, which we talked about, the tuition's probably going to be lower. If you're not highly religious, probably ain't going to be a fit. But if you try to make it fit, it's going to be a whole lot different than what yeah, I went to Catholic school when I was in first and second grade. Uh, didn't make it past second grade. Sister Teresa didn't. Didn't, didn't like me. That was when I used to be able to hit you with a ruler still. Um, and I, I got it. I think God, I think she, I, she's, she's got a bit. If she's still alive, she's like 170. So uh, yeah, she, she, she they all are. yeah, she didn't like me too much, but that's first, first, I think first nugget of knowledge for people is you're going to have to go into this with a completely open mindset because you yep. are going to experience and see, and it doesn't mean that public school is wrong. It doesn't mean private no. school is wrong. It's just different. Um, and that's something we've gone through. You know that i've gone through with with lots of experience on this stuff it's just different and you have to find something and you might find something that you're like wow i wish i found this before COVID. i wish i didn't have to go look at this because COVID hit i wish i wouldn't looked at it because my son or daughter wasn't a fit to where they were so sorry to cut you off i just had to line,
0: no, but the silver lining in that is so i i mean i was a public school kid i mean when i my parents couldn't send me to private school mm-hmm. And, you know, when we had kids, because I worked for a National Association of Independence, so I'd seen every school campus you can imagine. And I'm like, I can't not send my kids to private school now because, or independent school, because I've seen all these amazing things. And we've talked about this, like if I, if I had gone to a Montessori school or knew of one that was nearby, I would have loved math. I would have loved all the, you know, there were things about schooling that would have been different and it would have been better for someone like me. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, whereas my sister, you know, she's really excelled in, in the public school system. I think the upshot for everybody is that if, even if you send your kid to an independent school for a year, um, it'll give them such a different, you know, unique and different experience. And for me as a parent, I was terrified. I'm like, I'm going to screw this whole, even home learning. And my Mm -hmm. kids go to independent school. Unless you're sending over like Rosie the Jetson's, uh, computer made to, you know, educate my kid. I'm afraid I'm going to mess this thing up. I had to do a lot more. I mean, I've been in the independent school world for years and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is the, what is the 10 chain? What's the bead system? What's the movable alpha? Like all this stuff I had to quickly as a parent learn to be able to teach my daughter and then also run my company at the same time. And so it became this crazy situation. So you'll, I think you'll find that even if, if you were going to, before all COVID, when I would talk to parents that would come to admissions fairs and i would say, I would love to send my kid to, um, Westover School in Connecticut or all these, you know, Phillips mm-hmm. Exeter or whatever. Um, I would say to them that, you know, I, you got, it's got to be the right fit for the family, but you, it's going to open your eyes to this like totally different educational system that, um, that you're going to have great experience with likely. I, if, someone, if someone said to me, Do I, should I save my money, which a lot of parents, I'm going to save my money and send my kid to a, like a really expensive high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say through NEIS, and we did tons of research and data analysis in the last 60 years on um, children and learning, is that if you're going to put your money anywhere, you put it in ages zero to five. Mm -hmm. Um, That sets a great foundation. So even now, if you've got young, you've got old kids. I'm sorry, I can't help you. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you've got really young ones, here is this opportunity to send them, even if for one year or six months or whatever it might be, to, a non, to an independent school, it's those foundational years that really help lay the groundwork for um, independent learning or being able to work in groups or project-based learning. All the stuff that all of us do now that work, um, that never learned that in the public. That's not part of the curriculum of public schools is a lot of this, a way, the way people go out and have a job later. So if I was going to put my money anywhere, and I had <laughs> we still have limited funds, um, is in the lower you know, pre-K through age five. So if you had to pick, if you had no choice, you had to pick. That's what, that's what we would, I, we would recommend, I would recommend you put your money into those lower, um, those lower school ages. Um, And then that sets a really good baseline for them. But so for financial aid sake, uh, and also lower school is cheaper. So (laughs) it's less expensive than high school. So you've got, you've got that going for you. I did the Um, Montessori,
1: I did the Montessori, the zero to five. Uh, There was a Montessori school in West Bridgewater. Um, oh night, nice. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it didn't help me.
0: I, I think you'd be surprised. You're a great public
1: Yeah, no, it did, it did, it did, it definitely did some wonders. I wish I could have stayed. Yeah. Uh, through the program. The only
0: awesome thing I got from high school, and my mom and dad always loved it, it, was I would get like I would not get great grades, and my mom would be like, but then you know I used to get the little note like I got a D minus, and then they give you like the little note, like it doesn't show up to class or My note would be a pleasure to have in class.
1: Oh yeah, I always had it. Like, I
0: don't understand that. How is it? I was like, Mom, I was always working on my social skills. See how well this turned out for me.
1: (laughs) I found a treasure trove. I don't know if you listened to the Liza Toluca podcast, um, but we hadn't talked in like twenty-seven years, and I found this treasure trove of like report cards and quizzes and all this stuff. (laughs) And Mrs. Schleicher retired this year. I found out she was retiring, and I actually found a quiz that I got. That she gave me a sixty-eight on the last question. I drew a picture of myself and it said, "I love chemistry like in an air bubble." And then behind it was, <laughs> was, was somebody saying, "I'm burning, laying down underneath the, the, the safety shower." And so we did a we did a um, we did a, a part of the video and the podcast was saying thank you to Ms. Schleicher and and I sent yeah. her, I sent her some be awesome shirts and uh, she sent me a thank you card that was made the periodic elements. I'm like, she isn't she's she's got the periodic elements all dialed in.
0: Of course um, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So. Um, oh,
0: that's awesome! But I had yeah. I
1: had I had a pleasure to have in class with my D's and uh, F's. Does not school. your
0: homework a pleasure to have in class? Yeah,
1: a pleasure <laughs> to have in class. Um, yeah. So let's let's so someone's never so let's walk me through. Like I've never yeah. considered my my kids are in public schools. Yep. I've never even considered it. It's always looked at it like too expensive. That's you buy, buy, right, it. Right, right, that's yep. where they're all. You know, there's no there's no opportunity for me. I make X amount of dollars, so. Right. I don't make, I don't make enough to pay for it, but I make too much to qualify for it is probably what
0: the, I feel like I I make too much, but I don't feel like I can afford it is, is a very common thing. And, you know, for all of us that went off to college, uh, me later in life, but went off to college, um, our parents would apply for financial aid. They'd get, maybe get some financial aid in the FAFSA, which is the higher ed's financial aid platform. And you say in your mind, well, I make more money than my parents made, Right. However, just to give like a just general statistics about financial aid in the K through 12, world, the average family applying for financial aid in the K through 12 school makes $150,000 a year. That is not anyone in the lowest quintile of income. Mm-hmm. Um, that is kind of classically middle income for, um, for most areas. That, I mean, it, it, to be able to go to an independent school, that's sort of the standard thing. So mm-hmm. if you say, well, I, I make $85,000 a year, I probably won't qualify. And I would say to you, no, I mean, do you think you could pay $30,000 a year out of your extra money? This is supposed to be out of your money that doesn't go to cover housing, clothing, food. And you would say, no, there's no way I have the money. Like, exactly. You know, we, we're not crazy to think that you you can make $85,000 a year and afford a $30,000 a year tuition. That's crazy business. So um, I think the biggest misconception is that there the, the financial aid for K through 12 is like the FAFSA. It is in that you have to apply every year. You fill out a form and things like that. But the criteria is incredibly different. The FAFSA has probably 12 questions now. It's very kind of fairly easy to fill out these days. Ours has like 25 questions. And we ask you things like, um, do you have unusual expenses? Do you care for an elderly parent, which is now starting to happen? Do you have a child with special needs that costs you a lot of money in occupational therapy? Or all of these other expenses that go beyond, here's what I take in for income, and here's what goes out every month. And so we're trying to get to a place where it says, OK, we want them to be able to live. Like nobody should be like living in a box and sending their kid to, to Harvard-Westlake. What we're saying is that what is reasonable for you to manage, and it's not just a one-year thing. you got to long game this thing because your kids don't go to, and well, in COVID, perhaps you just suffer through and say, I'm going to get this thing done for one year. Um but basically you're applying for, you know, you're thinking about it now and your kid's going to be in school for the next eight to 10 or 12 years, depending on what schooling you're looking at. And so you got a long game, this thing. And so we ask you things like, well, how much do you think you can afford to pay? And we, you might say, well, you know, my mom and dad can give us a couple thousand bucks or they love the idea of my kid going. So like using your other resources that are even beyond your income, we ask you things like that. Um, where the money comes from is usually a question of, um, like, well, do they have, does it come from the government? That's always a question. Does does uh, independent school money financially come from the government? Well, the good news is, that, I mean, again, that we're independent. So good news, bad news, no money comes from the government. It all comes from fundraising, or they might have endowments left from a very wealthy family to fund financial aid. So Um, It's almost one of the second largest line items on a school's budget, on an independent school's budget. And so it's essentially discounting the tuition. So financially in the K through 12 world is a grant. So it's not something that a family has to pay back. We're we're establishing what we think you can afford to pay. And then that's what you pay for that seat. Um, There will be other kids in that classroom that are paying double or three quarters of that or, or sometimes even less than that. Um, but it, it's, it's discounted by the, the school and then the school is able to cover the expenses of that using either from their, op, you know, the money that they have, they brought in from tuition or they draw from their uh, endowment monies every year and, and offer financial aid. Because the, the goal of the school is to have a very diverse population. Independent schools, one of the big pillars of independent school is to have diversity equity, inclusion. They want to have kids from all different backgrounds. They don't want a bunch of rich kids going to school with a bunch of rich kids. That is not going to give a really diverse and real world experience. And there is huge value in having kids from all different spectrums um, in all different backgrounds and an independent classroom. And they have the capacity to do, usually schools is about 20% of their population are on some form of financial aid. And so when you think about filling out this form, it's not like college where it's like, I fill this out and um, I, I, probably don't, I probably won't get anything. And so I'm going to have to take out all these loans that I'm going to have to pay over the next 10 or 15 years, which by the way, the kids are not going to pay you back because I am still never going to be able to pay my parents back <laughs> for what they paid for my schooling in, in higher ed. Um, and borrowing against your retirement, those are all like really tough decisions that parents are making with college. But with K through 12, because it's a grant, you don't have to pay it back, but it's something that you just have to plan for. Um, and once we set your benchmark of saying, "Okay, we think you can afford to pay," you know, five thousand dollars a year, you can assume, and you have to reapply every year, just like the, like the FAFSA, but you reapply every year. And if it's 5000 this year, it's not going to be 12000 next year because your kid's not awesome. We don't love them that much. So we're going to bump up your tuition. It is pretty well set um, because people's income doesn't change all that much. Unfortunately, nobody's going from, you know, the your tuition in increases, uh, the, the schools increase tuition by about 3 to 4% every year at, at the K through 12 level to cover the expenses of facilities and teacher salaries and all that stuff as a parent, your income goes up by, if you're a W-2 person, like one and a half percent. So families start to do this, right? The tuition keeps going up and their income's not increasing. So they start to, uh, it starts to outpace families' capacity to pay. So we always encourage families that are like, well, I can make maybe this first year work, but as this goes along, or I have a second kid, it's going to be impossible for me to cover the tuition. So we're going to, we're gonna to try to have you apply right out of the gates for financial aid. Even if you just get a little bit of financial aid that first year, if anything else, the higher the tuition and the amount of money that you earn, you're gonna be able to you're gonna be asked to pay roughly the same amount each year so that you're we're not getting you in, having you love the school and then say, Oh, guess what? Good news for us, bad news for you, you love our school. Now we're gonna charge you double that just doesn't happen. So you have pretty good consistency in the K through 12. And that's what I do. All I do is look at financial aid applications and tell the schools, here's what they can afford to pay. Um, And then we do the same process every single year for families. It's a pretty, it's, it sounds like a, like an invasive, like a really uncomfortable process. It's an online application. Um, When you're looking at schools, every school is laid out the same way. And you know, this in the K through 12 world. It's like they have an admissions tab. They have like about us under the admissions tab. You will always find um, usually what the admissions criteria, some schools you have to take a test, you know, to make sure this is going to be a right fit for your kid. Um, and they'll have either a thing that says tuition and fees, or they'll have a thing say affordability. Um, and when you click on that, you're going to see what the tuition is and you'll panic a bit. Um, but then you're going to see very close by and here's our financial aid process, right? So every school will tell you what's the process for how to uh, fill out an application for financial aid. It's going to be an online application. It's going to be that you need to submit your tax returns from usually it's the 2019 tax returns. So the, the tax returns that were just due July 15th, usually April, um, or they'll look at prior prior year taxes, the 2018s, mm-hmm. uh, just to get a, because no one's income really changes all that much, you know, short of COVID, people's income weren't, they weren't really changing all that much. And so we can use kind of older tax returns to get a rough estimate. And then you submit that stuff, get it in, get it in early because that shows that you've got, you know, you want to get this thing done. We can't, I can't do my job until I have your taxes. I mean, I'd love to just make assumptions on your income, but um, We need to like trust and verify. We have to make sure it's correct. And then once that's done, then the school can make their decision and get you an award. Um, And for families that are in COVID right now, what you made in 2019 is certainly no longer reflective of what you're making in 2020. Mm -hmm. So this year is going to be super difficult for the schools because they're going to say, how do we assess uh, someone's capacity to pay? Because once COVID's done, if you work at a place that's been sheltered, And then you go back. It's like you go from, you went from awesome until you weren't. And -hmm. now you, then you go back to what you were making before. And so this might be a year that we say, oh, well this year you could only afford to pay Mm 8,000. And then next year it's probably closer to 12, but we'll tell you that under normal circumstances, still filling out this application, you probably can afford to pay this mathematically um, once you get back to work. But for right now, we know it's crazy COVID. So they're awarding people with almost like two separate awards. what their normal financial aid would be, and then sort of a COVID-specific award um, to help kind of balance that out for families. But it's a pretty straightforward process. I wouldn't be afraid of it. Um, You want to give yourself like 45 minutes to an hour to fill it out, um, simply because the questions, you you don't want to just rush through it because I look at those answers that you give. So if you just put zeros everywhere, that also tells me that you don't really you're not really willing to go through this process. And it makes it super difficult for me to make judgment calls on, you know, what kind of extra money do you have? What kind of discretionary money do you have? Um, you can never give too much information. Some people are afraid, well, if I tell you too much, then it's going to be too much. No, it if what I hate is when people, I'll say, how much do you think you can afford to pay? And they say nothing. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, that's not super helpful because nobody pays $0, right? There's very... There's not much there. You have to pay something because if you're paying nothing for your child's education in an independent school, you don't really have any skin in the game mm-hmm. and you don't have a vested interest in the, like in the support. You're not really invested in it. Even if it's 500 bucks, it's you're invested in some way. So schools like to see that, you know, they're willing to take a huge discount because they want your child to be in their school, but they also want you to feel like invested in it as well. Um, right. And so Financially, it's sort of the main thing you get. But if you have a child that you're thinking about putting into a uh, a school that has uniforms or um, they require certain, nobody's going on class trips right now. But you know, if there are other extras that go with, we always used to say in higher ed, you know, there's the cost of tuition and then there's the cost of education, mm-hmm. like all sorts of other stuff in between there. So when you're doing your budgeting and you think, oh, great, it's five hundred dollars a month, I got this. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, it's $250 a month for this other thing. And then you get food and you get uniforms, you get whatever it might be, this rando activity fee or something. Um, Now you're talking $750 a month. Well, that's a big difference. So schools also offer financial aid, they call it supplemental support. So they'll meet you where you're at. So if you're on a 85% discount on tuition, they're likely to discount the extras at about that same rate or something (laughs) similar. So if you have to have a laptop, they might even just give you a laptop or they're going to give it to you at a deeply discounted rate or prom tickets, or they want these kids to have the same exact experience as the kids that um, have paid full price and their parents can afford it because the experience is important and making sure that everybody has that same experience. And so it's, it's not like you just have to plan for one thing and then they're going to make you pay all these other fees um, they try to meet you where you're at so that it's, it's covered so that your kid has the same experience as any other kid at that school. Mm-hmm.
1: That is a lot in a little <laughs> amount of time. But I think the biggest things that I take away from listening to you is, one, doesn't matter what you make. I mean, if, if 150, and by the way, $150,000, it was a calculator that was out recently and I was plugging in all sorts of numbers and it was either 120 or $150,000 family income is considered lower middle class today
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah,
1: so um certainly in
0: california it is oh
1: yeah absolutely so
0: (laughs) one day i'll get to buy a house once my kids are out of private school
1: Um, so the the first i think the first takeaway is you know regardless of what you make um especially right now you know 20% of people are making 150 grand a year are applying for for financial aid if you're if you're making even if you're making $150,000 a year, you know, it doesn't, yeah. yeah, it doesn't yeah. hurt. It doesn't hurt to apply for it. Um, yeah. to, if you uh, don't think
0: you can afford it. Cause people say, well, what's the maximum? They're right. like, they want me to run the numbers on the phone. Right. Them.
1: Well, you can't oh, go God. in, you can't go into this thing thinking that it's going to be a free ride. That's the, all things with right. private schools. You're going to have to put something in, like you say, skin in the game. Private school yeah. is all about involvement. Uh, the private right. school m- mindset is um, that there's this, there's involvement. That's involvement with We're activities. Clean. There's a community. Yeah. Um, especially in certain and specific targeted types of independent private schools. Um, make sure you make sure, you know, parents are scrambling and they're, they're, they're just going crazy trying to think about what the best they can do for their kid is. It doesn't necessarily be the need to be most expensive. Do your homework, do lots of tours, be calling the local schools. Um, one of the things you have to figure out is what your willingness is and how dedicated you are, in my opinion, to the success of your child in school, so it's we can go the easy route and just say, "Hey, we're just going to put our kid on a bus," or he can just go his he or she can just go and I've got two boys, so I'm just keep saying he because I'm referencing yeah, them. Yeah. Um, they can just get on the bus every day, and if they don't get on the bus, they'll just get on their 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 um, Chromebook and do the work or whatever, and that's fine. Or you could say, you know what, I'm fully invested that I want my child to have the best possible education, and I'm willing to do X, Y, Z. And that's different for everybody, and there's no right answer to that. You, no, could there's not. you could have a willingness to drive. I know people that are driving their kids 50, 70 miles a day each way to get the best possible education. That's the best possible fit for them. Um, and then I know other people that, that listen to that story and they go, Oh my God, that's crazy. I could never do that. So you have to right. figure, yeah, figure, I could not. Yeah. figure yeah. out, figure out where you're at and what your capacity is as a parent. And then mm-hmm. t- and then marry that with the best solution for your child. So not to just take the first pick, just go, I'm going to private school. I'm sending my kid to private school because uh, Alyssa, Josh said to, because it's going to be great. And I get financial aid. So the first thing is, you know, tour, look around to see what your child likes, make sure you make sure your child is fully involved in, in this space, not just making it like all about you and just realizing that that's what you want to do. So that's step one tour, child involvement, determination. Um, and, 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 you know, you fall, I hate to say you fall in love with it. And, and, you know, should they do the financial aid application before they do the tour or after the tour?
0: So that's a good question. So like I said in the beginning, find the right fit for your kid first. And this yep. virtual, you can do virtual tours. They have all sorts of shadow, like virtual yep. shadow days. Independent schools have that dialed in. Now I would say just, just ignore cost for the moment. I know that sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but ignore cost for the moment, find the right fit and, and have like a one, two or three in my top three schools I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I actually wouldn't even fill out the financial aid firm next. The next thing I would do, because You're going to get stuck on question number 20 which everybody gets stuck on is how much do you think you can afford to pay Mm -hmm. so what you need to do for yourself and you sit with your spouse or or yourself and and grandma and grandpa and whoever else and say i'm going to do my budget so if you need help budgeting you know there's a bunch of budgeting tools out there this is how much we bring in this is how much we have what can we afford to do Mm -hmm. and have that number in your head um because that's going to be a question because even if the math suggests you can afford to pay more you might have extenuating circumstances so it's super important for you to do the budget and say this is how much we can afford if the school comes back and says listen we we can't even meet you halfway there Mm -hmm. then you know that that's not the right even though it's the right fit for you academic wise it's not going to be the right fit for you cost wise because you have to be able to long game this so you might have to go to you know school two or three i mean this is a good process for looking for colleges too but do your budget first and then and then start. Then you fill out the financial aid application. And it's going to be a lot easier to fill it out when you know what you're spending your money on. Um, I think that's a, a skill we should have taken. Like we were busy taking algebra with, I'm pretty sure every year there's no, you know, we have to file your algebra taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if someone had showed me how to do budgeting and um, financial management, I would have been in a much better position. And I think most adults, most of our friends in our 40s, are like, Ooh, does anybody have an Excel spreadsheet on how to do a budget? I, I, you know, I always just keep a couple extra, I keep a little bit extra money in the bank. And then some days I have like $5 left. And how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so finding budgeting tools is, is pretty easy online. Nerd wallet always has a couple of good ones. I know people are into the Dave Ramsey thing. Um, but you can get way more simplified, do that budget first and now help you to say, you know what? Yeah, we probably can. I say to my husband every year, I'm like, what the hell did we spend our money? Oh, sorry, what did we spend our money on <laughs> before this? Because how have we been able to manage this? I'm like we must have been reckless with our money. Yep. <laughs> like no, we just don't do some of the things, or we make we just think a little bit more about things uh, when we're making decisions. And like when my kid's sick, I'm like. Uh, you're not that sick. I already paid for this day. So <laughs> unless you're on death's door, you're probably going to go to school today. I, you know, because I've already paid for it. I'm not paying for a babysitter on top of the day. I already just paid for, <laughs> ain't going to happen. So my kids don't stay home very often, but <laughs> yeah, that's the next step is getting that budget. And then you fill out your financial aid application, um, as part of that kind of next step and communication with the school is, is critical. Um, because we're in an odd timeframe because timelines is usually what I talk about next with families. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be the hard part because when you apply for financial aid, you usually apply between October and March as in October of 2019 through March of 2020 for, for your kids to start basically next week for September. So you're always applying for the year ahead. Mm -hmm. So it is now already August and school is going to start in like 30 seconds. What do we do? Did we miss it for this calendar year? And the answer is no. And I know that because I'm still processing financial aid applications. This is a unique year in that you can still apply for admission and you can still apply for financial aid right now at most schools because if they have openings, they're going to absolutely be willing to talk to you and we can take you in. Um, if you're saying like, I can manage this for the next, you know, half a year, there are schools that have second semester. So you could kind of deal with this through December and then start in January at an independent school. And you would still fill out the application right now. Um, come October, that's when you'd start applying for the next year ahead. So if you say, I love this, this is great. I think I want to continue at this school. Then you want to get yourself on the normal uh, cycle of applying for financial aid Um, and once your kid's in, it's not like, you don't, you know, you're, you're not reapplying for admission every year. Once you're in, you're in, and then, um, you would just follow the more normal cycle, which is starting to fill out your application between like October, November, and all the way through like December, January timeframe. Um, and then the school will give you your award notification with the time of your contract for the next, uh, calendar year, but this is an off year. So if, even if on the websites you see, so you go to the admissions tab, on a school's website and affordability or tuition and fees or financial mm-hmm. aid. Um, sometimes they'll call it indexed tuition, which just means financial aid. Um, you will see sometimes deadline dates of January 30th or March 1st or whatever. Ignore those, reach out to the school, find out if they're still offering admission and financial aid, and then just go ahead and fill out the application. Um, Cause those, they just may not even have updated the website at this point. So um, don't worry too much about that. The website dates at this point.
1: That is great, um I think you cover all the bases I'm, I'm I don't think you missed anything. I went through your the uh, slide deck you had. I think we've got it all covered. I think the people uh people that are are worried considering other other options uh should know that it's they're not bound to um they're not bound to anything and the only thing they're bound the only thing they're bound to is if they just determine themselves uh whether they qualify or not let let some let someone like you or the schools determine. Uh, their qualifications and what they can or can't afford to to give their child a different education. Well, this is fantastic. Glad we got to catch up. Um, And and can people get a hold of you? Are you are you? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like, so obviously my people back east, (laughs) (laughs) I don't typically talk to I mean, my I work with schools that work with families, but um, I it's the summer and I would rather you fill this form out properly instead of me having to try to fix things on the back end. So as families have questions or, you know, I work with a ton of schools across the country. So if you say, Hey, have you heard of this school? What are your thoughts on that school? I am happy to help out uh, in any way. Um, I don't, do you have my email or mission enrollment is the name of my company. So just Mm missionenrollment.com. But, uh, and if you click on contact us, it's going to give you this little form, but, um, but you can certainly put my email um, and my phone number on there. I am on the West coast. So please don't call me um, at 9 a.m in Easton. <laughs> Although I do have young kids, so I'll probably up, but I wouldn't be psyched about it. Yeah, um, yeah. no, I absolutely i am happy yeah. to help anybody get through it. It's, it's, I can tell you as a parent on the other side of this, um, while we do sacrifice to send our kids to an independent school, it's, it's, it, the return on investment is, is tenfold. And I know you feel the same way about your kids at independent schools. I just wish that I could have done this same thing or, you know, that, yeah. but I mean, we had a great education, but I just, they're on ten acres of grapefruit groves out here in California. And so I'm just like every time I go to their school, I'm like, Can I just like hang out here?
1: Mm-hmm. Just like
0: hang like do my can I work over the bridge over there, like a troll under the bridge and just mm-hmm. hang out at the school. <laughs> just be around here. So yeah, it's it'll be worth every penny and it'll be you will never get thanked for it, just so you know. Like don't expect like you got twenty years before they're gonna say, Oh, thank God you did that for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well you might you don't even you, you don't even Recognize it or know it as a child. Like when we, no. and, we and, and we've been very fortunate. I mean, we we joke around sometimes about about you know going to school in Easton. Um, but Easton was a great uh growing up, an exceptional opportunity for us to grow up. And there's tons of public schools that are uh in a similar boat, but it's one of those things is like one size doesn't fit all. You know, we have a choice in what kind of car we drive, what 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 house we want to buy, uh, the clothes we want to wear, but a lot of times we don't as children, we don't have the choice of what school we want to go to. And a lot of the time it's bound by parents feeling like that's the only option. And right now there are other options. And I'm just seeing a mass exodus of people that are really confused and worried and concerned. And this is something that gives them that, that breath that says, okay, well, maybe we can at least look, we should explore. We shouldn't have any door that's closed. So this is amazing. I'll put all your contact information on the, show notes and uh I really appreciate everything you're doing. Great to catch up. Um, yeah, you too. You too. Uh, this, this,
0: all you yeah. do. I love listening to these podcasts. They're amazing. And um all of my cranberry <laughs> lane peaks. One of these days when I can finally I try to come to Boston once a year. Yeah. I bring my kids there because I they gotta get they gotta know go what Dunkin' Donuts is. Yeah. Critical. Yeah. Um and I haven't been down the street in a while, but I yeah I feel like we should do some sort of a reunion of yeah.
1: sorts. do a, do, <laughs> do a be awesome cranberry lane episode yeah, with all absolutely. you guys uh, you guys you guys have put out some great podcast all of you did your first podcast with me so oh, y'all really? did great knocked it out of the park yep yep so have, uh, we'll have
0: a we'll do a once annual game of spy free and only people from <laughs> cranberry lane might know even know what that game is but <laughs>
1: it's
0: an incredibly dangerous game of flashlight tag in the dark and somehow our parents let us do it i won't even let my kid like walk across the street alone during the day in broad daylight so yeah uh, yeah we were very fortunate
1: <laughs> you guys didn't have much traffic over there. no, we
0: did not, no, we did not.
1: <laughs> so well this is all fantastic. huge right, day. It. appreciate you thanks for doing this uh for us and and yes. hopefully uh if we just have one parent that uh this this helps then uh, then yeah. that made all the difference so yeah uh, awesome. that'll do it for episode seventy five My dog is going crazy, so I think it's time to give her a walk. fortunately she didn't bark at the milkman when he stopped by so uh r- <laughs> really appreciate you uh listeners out there keeping this thing going and all the positive feedback and things that you want to hear we're going to keep the things local as much as possible so anybody local in the eastern area that wants to promote their business talk about what they're doing how they're weathering this storm as always you got an open invitation you can come on anytime just uh, let me know i know you guys are all working hard trying to keep things rolling and, and getting time on the podcast is tough but uh the the the, uh, the mic is always on and waiting for you And uh, I've got just amazing people in my life. How fortunate am I? Uh, I don't know uh, too many folks that can say that they've had uh, all these guests with 30 plus year history that still want to talk to you at some capacity. So uh, I consider myself a very, very lucky human and appreciate all the people that are out there that are supporting, encouraging and working towards uh, positive outcomes in this very difficult time. So uh, you can find me on all social media, Instagram, YouTube. I've got a channel, please subscribe. And, uh, like that, the more listens and likes they start putting commercials on. I think I get like four bucks for that. It's just, it is exciting. Uh, but Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. Just look for be awesome. Uh, so drop me a line and email, Josh at beawesome.com. That's B E A U S M for all the first time listeners. That's how we spell it here. And I uh, remember if you can be anything, be awesome.